This podcast is dedicated in loving memory and for the Eloi Nishmat of Fagi Bat Rivka and Aaron Kotler and Sarah Kotler. May their memories be a blessing for us. Brotherhood and its quest. Some of the most puzzling passages in the whole of the Torah are to be found in those dealing with Joseph and his brothers. These are the stories that we have been reading over the past few weeks. On the surface, they seem like family dramas, but such perception is misleading. Rabbi Hudelev Ashlag, the great Kabbalist of the 20th century, taught that every single person is an entire world, and all the events described in the Torah are in fact archetypal processes that we can see as processes taking place within ourselves. It's in this light that we can gain so much insight into our own lives and how they play out by looking at the stories as descriptions of different ways of serving God and, and of consciousness. We are taught that out of all the forefathers, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, it is Jacob that is considered as the choicest of the three. The reason given for this by our sages is because every single one of his children served God. This was not the case for either Abraham or Isaac. Abraham begot Isaac, but he also fathered Ishmael. Isaac fathered Jacob, but he also had Esau. And although Ishmael and Esau both became important heads of other nations, they are considered as having left the path of holiness. They did not follow in their father's footsteps. Only all the sons of Jacob followed the path initiated by Abraham, which was continued by Isaac and brought to fruition by their father Jacob. All the sons of Jacob followed the path of holiness, and they are called Shdemesrei Shifdeya, the twelve tribes of God. Yet their spiritual paths were not the same. When we look at the blessings that Yaakov, that Jacob, gives his sons just before he dies in the parasha Vayechi, it becomes very clear that every single one of the brothers has his own particular way of serving God. And this actually becomes the source of contention. Jacob favours Joseph's way. Why is this? Because Jacob, who represents the Sphira Tiferet, is a Sphira of the middle line. Joseph is Yesod. But Yesod, although being a lower Sphira, is also a middle line Sphira. He's the middle line of the lower Sphirot. These Sphirot are the Sphirot for receiving the light of Chochmah, the great light of God, as the Orpanimi. But if they were used injudiciously, it could lead to a breaking of the vessels. These vessels are suitable for redemption, for the end of the Tikkun, when all the vessels will be filled with light, all corrected for the sake of giving. But the other brothers, whose ways and spirituality 
Deal with vessels used during the tikkun, during the time of correction, and they were not able to function with the vessels that Joseph is using. And this seems to be the inner meaning of the hatred that arose between the brothers and Joseph. Judah, for example, whose firah is malchut, and his way of working is of faith and prayer, does not agree with Joseph's way of serving God at all. On the contrary, Judah's view, Yehuda's view, is that even in the time of the Gemara Tikkun, the end of the Tikkun, we will still have to serve God through faith and belief, through Yerat Hashem, for reverence for God. How are the brothers going to resolve these issues of serving God in very different, even diametrically opposite ways? This is not a small question. Throughout history, this question has aroused such passions that in the past it has even led to war between nations. Here we're dealing with 12 brothers, all members of one family, who somehow need to find a way to mutual recognition, mutual acceptance of their differences, and a way to grow together. In other words, brotherhood. When we look at the concept of brotherhood in the Torah, we discover that up until this time, there hasn't really been a concept of brotherhood in the way that we understand it. Following the story of Cain and Abel, the best that we seem to be able to hope for is that two brothers who are very different from each other let each other go their separate ways. Even Jacob and Esau, who are twins, but whose natures were so very different, eventually agree to disagree and went in different directions. There is no notion of brotherhood, and neither does there seem to have been much desire for it either. But when we get to the sons of Jacob, this is the first time that the notion of brotherhood becomes an issue or is looked for as a quality to be desired. Jacob calls Joseph to him, sending him to Shechem to find out how his brothers are. Joseph responds to his father's request with a very significant word, Hineni, here I am. This word has the connotation that Joseph is setting off on his life's mission. When he arrives at Shechem, a man who is identified in the Zohar as the angel Gabriel, sees him wandering in the field and asks him what he is looking for. He answers, I'm looking for my brothers. Rashi, the great Torah commentator, implies that Joseph is looking for brotherhood. In other words, he's looking for the quality of brothers who join together in mutual love and respect. But what happens? As we know, the brothers see him coming and they plot to kill him. The inner meaning of this is that they cannot live together with his particular svirah. His particular svirah would cause them to break their vessels, to break their own way of being in holiness. Judah, the acknowledged leader, decides that it would be a better thing to sell him as a slave in Egypt. One can see a hint in this. 
that if a person was to use the vessels of Joseph without having the ability of only using them for the sake of giving, he would end up serving the klipot, because Egypt is a place of klipot, of the shelves. When we look at this passage in the Holy Zohar, we do find that the ten brothers are called at this point the twelve tribes of God. And the Holy Shekhinah was with them when they did this act of selling Joseph down into Egypt. This is very difficult for us to understand. How can this be? So in order to look at the process involved, we have to understand that everything in the world exists in terms of light and the vessel for the light. Rabbi Hudelev Ashlag teaches us there can be no appreciation for the light unless there is first a desire for it. A desire for the light arises only when the created being has a perceived lack for a particular light. It is this very lack that constitutes what is known in Kabbalah as a vessel for the light. So, in our particular case, in order for the quality of brotherhood to be appreciated and gained, the brothers first have to be in a situation where they lose brotherhood. As we've seen above, the mere absence of something does not in itself constitute a vessel for a particular light. Yitzchak and Ishmael, Isaac and Ishmael, did not have brotherhood in their lives, but since they weren't particularly looking for the quality of brotherhood, they didn't seem to feel its lack in their lives. They had no particular vessel for this light. We see a similar pattern with the relationship between Jacob and Esau. They didn't have brotherhood, but they didn't seem to feel its lack either. But now, when Joseph defines his mission, Hineni, he said, I'm here. I'm looking for my brothers. I'm looking for brotherhood. In other words, it is this that is my mission in going down to Egypt to develop the quality of brotherhood. But since this is a quality for which up till now there's been no felt lack for it, this vessel needs to be developed. And so the first thing that happens is the breaking of brotherhood. When the brothers move away from their brotherhood, as Rashi puts it, when they first plot to kill Joseph, but then decide to sell him as a slave in Egypt. In the 22 years that follow, in which all trace of Joseph is lost to the family, the brothers have plenty of time in which to regret the loss of brotherhood. Do they regret it? Do they feel its loss? This was Joseph's question also. When the brothers appear again in Egypt to buy food because there is a famine in the land of Israel, they do not know that the viceroy of Egypt is actually their brother Joseph. When they come before him, he recognizes them and tests them by accusing them of being spies. Seemingly inexplicable troubles dog their footsteps. When they saw that everything was going wrong for them, they did what every holy man does. He examines his deeds. 
He looks to see where he needs to do tshuva, where he needs to repent. Not knowing that Joseph can understand everything they say, they tell each other, we are guilty because we saw our brother in his distress when he pleaded with us and we did not listen. And this is the reason this trouble has come to us. In other words, they now are regretting their lack of brotherhood. They feel their lack of brotherhood that they had demonstrated in their attitude to Joseph. Joseph decides to test them further because what he needs to know is that on the one hand, they now feel the, lack, the loss of brotherhood and they realize it's a cause of their problems. But how actively do they really want to have that brotherhood back? So Joseph takes Simon a prisoner and he tells them they cannot return unless they bring their young brother Benjamin with them as proof that they are not spies. When they go back to Canaan and tell their father Jacob what happened, at first he's adamant. He will not allow them to take Benjamin as he's afraid he may lose him in the same way he lost Joseph. Eventually, Judah agrees to act as guarantor for Benjamin. This is not a small act. Becoming a guarantor for somebody is going beyond the bounds of what we normally consider as brotherhood, of mutual acceptance, but actually shouldering the burdens of the other person and taking them upon oneself. The brothers go down to Egypt a second time. Joseph, wanting to test the quality of brotherhood, tells his steward to place his silver cup in Benjamin's sack and then accuses the brothers of having stolen it. They offer to all accompany the steward back to Joseph. But he says, no, I only want the one in whose sack the cup was found. The other brothers could go free. But they have learnt their lesson. This time they do not abandon one of their number, but all accompany Benjamin and all appear again before Joseph. Now Judah approaches Joseph and tells him that he is a guarantor for Benjamin. He pleads with him to let Benjamin go back to their aged father Jacob because Benjamin's disappearance would cause too great a sorrow and would kill their father. And Judah asks to be accepted as slave instead. We do not hear one word of blame said to Benjamin. Now that Joseph knows that the quality of brotherhood, the mutual acceptance is now present within the family, Joseph reveals himself to the brothers. He speaks with them with love. He draws them near to him. And when they express their sorrow for what they did, he tells them, don't feel guilty. God brought me here as a deliverance. In the first chapter of Exodus, when the children of Israel are now slaves within Egypt, we find the development of the concept of brotherhood going one step further. The first time that Moses steps out of the palace of Pharaoh, the scripture tells us it was in those days that Moses grew and he went out to see his brothers. He looked on their burdens and saw an Egyptian 
smiting one of his brothers. It is Moses who widens the concept of brotherhood to include not only members of his own family, but to include all the children of Israel. Moses kills the Egyptian oppressor and then, like Judah, takes on the burden and has to flee for fear of Pharaoh's revenge, himself becoming an outcast. In other words, he not only sees his fellow Israelites as his brothers, but he's willing to act as Judah did, acting as a guarantor for them, standing in their place and sharing their burdens. This willingness to act as guarantor for each other, Kol Yisrael Arevim all Israel as a guarantor for each other, reached its culmination at Mount Sinai and is a prerequisite for the receiving of the Holy Torah that we all became as one man with one heart. Rabbi Ashlag, in his essay Arivut, makes it clear that becoming mutual guarantors for each other so that each one of us will be able to fulfill love your neighbor as yourself in the fullest possible way was in fact the only way in which the Torah can be given and is to this day the only way in which it can be completely fulfilled. Love your neighbor as yourself for I am the Lord your God is the ultimate fulfillment of the Torah. And so here we see that it is the development of brotherhood that leads us to the Torah and it was for this purpose, for this development, that the children of Israel needed to go into Egypt to emerge with the wonderful concept of Kol Yisrael Arevim Zelazer. All Israel are guarantors for each other. This audio recording is brought to you from the Horus School, established by Yadida Cohen for the study of the Kabbalah as taught by Rabbi Yehudalev Ashlag. Studies with Yadida Cohen are available through the Nahoa School online. Details, nahoapress.com.